Welcome to the Consciouspreneur Podcast, where we discuss and apply the principles of mindset, leadership, and business building strategies that align with our purpose, honor the people we work with, and generate a sustainable profit. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Consciouspreneur Podcast. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross, and I am grateful to have Hillary Johnson back with us for another conversation. Hello, Hillary. Hi, nice to see you again. Oh my goodness, this is this is great. So for those of you who don't know Hillary, um, by the way, check out, she does have another episode um, um, earlier at, at when it was in Flow with Soul, so check that out. But for right now, here's what I want you to know about Hillary. She's a Chicago-based interdisciplinary artist, meditation teacher, and healer. Her life purpose is to help others evolve and expand their capacity for love, abundance, and creativity through her photography, immersive installations, and transformational embodied practices. Hillary, it's an honor to be um, having continuing this conversation with you and to share with the audience the, some of the things that you've been working on and some of the things that we're working on together. Yeah, I'm so excited to be back here with you again and continue our conversation. And I love how all of this started so organically and that we continue to uh, grow and evolve together. It's exciting. Yeah. Now, when Hillary and I first uh, connected, um, I was working on the inflow with soul, and that was really targeting um, women. Um, a lot of the topics were the same, but I had a limited a point of view at that point. I thought it was really just women that I was speaking to. And when I discovered the Consciouspreneur audience, um, to me, that's really the whole full audience of who I really wanted to speak to. I did not want to be gender uh, specific. I wanted to be very inclusive. And so for anyone who considers themselves to be a consciouspreneur, they share a value of, of their in business to make the world a better place. And they care deeply about people, profit and planet. So Hillary, when you, you hear about those values and kind of like when we first connected where we were, tell me how this still resonates uh, with you to what capacity? Oh gosh, it's so great because you know, it's very exciting when you encounter somebody and you think, oh, they're in a kind of a different headspace than me. But the when you and I came together and said, oh, we have all these same values aligned and you have this background in entrepreneurship in a way that's more greatly expensive than my own. And I have things from what I do that were kind of new for you. It was just so exciting. And I, I feel like everything that we've been going through in the world for the last couple of years um, has really you know, placed us in a situation where a lot of, we're all feeling a little uncertain in what's going on. And both you and I are really so focused on not only, you know, how do we make our livings for ourselves and take care of our own families and so forth, but that larger piece of doing well and doing good at the same time as being so central. And so I feel like now we just have so many more opportunities to, to really step into that space of uncertainty where a lot of us I mean, I think all of us are living, we, we certainly, you know, you and I talked about this earlier, we felt like the, this global pandemic that started, you know, over two years ago now, we thought, oh, it'll be like a flu and mm -hmm. it'll you know, have a season like, okay, it's getting to Thanksgiving time. It'll be bad and it'll get terrible and then it'll go. And that we all had that kind of thing we were holding on to this hope of like, if we just get to the other side of it, like talking about herd immunity, like if we just get it, then we'll have you know, enough herd immunity, but that's not how it's been playing out. And I think that's that loss of feeling a sense of closure that could be expected in some sort of reasonable time frame um, for all of us is when we're losing that, um, that can be so unsettling. So I, I feel like a lot of what we have to do now is step into that space and tell people like there are tools that can help you navigate this. We can't change those things, but we can be in charge of what's going on with our own hearts and our own minds in a way that can be nurturing for ourselves and for those around us to be able to step into that as well. I love the way that you said that. And, you know, as you were describing that, uh, what just kept, I kept hearing in my head, that little ch chatter was no one's teaching us how to do this. No one's teaching us how to do this. There's no manual. Right? Right. And so for the listener, I, I really want the listener to know that that if you have been especially struggling over these past two years because of everything, um, you're doing the best you can with what you've got. 
Hillary and I are here today specifically to give you some more um, more things to think about, maybe to look at things from a different angle, just a slightly different take on things that, that will then give you an opportunity as the listener again to say, okay, well, what's resonating with me? What do I even want right now? And then can I use some of the suggestions um, in this conversation to help me move in that direction? Absolutely. I, you know, it's, um, I think there's, what's wonderful about this moment too, is that there are so many of us being called forward to kind of step into our own, you know, what Gay Hendricks calls like the zone of genius to step into our superpowers, whatever you want to call it, to be able to help ourselves get through this, but to help each other. And so I think it's very exciting to see that blossoming happening out there. So I would just invite listeners to just kind of follow on what you said. It's like, if you hear something that really resonates, definitely, you know, reach out to us um, about some of the offerings that we're going to talk about and some of the ideas that we're going to share. Because if that resonates for you, then that's a sign that you're being called to something. But maybe there's there's other things that you need. And um, if we can help in any way that way too. I know I'm always happy to to point people like, oh, this isn't it, but maybe it's something over there. If we know someone, we'd be happy to connect you as well. Yes, definitely. You know, the other thing too, besides the other chatter, besides, um, you know, no one's teaching us. The other thing is that to me, this, this whole experience of COVID has been a very experiential, almost immersive experience um, that is a microcosm of everything I think that we experience. So what, what I mean by that is, you know, when we're in the middle of something, it feels like, and, and all of our data that we can bring in through our senses is telling us that this is going to last forever. Like if this is what I'm experiencing now, this is what I'm going to experience forever. And you talked about closure and, and as much as we want closure on things, I also um, am aware of my own, Mm, tendency to just move on to the next thing, just move on um, and and not find closure or bring closure. And, and I think that this is kind of that treadmill. This is how we get on that treadmill. Life is difficult. I'm facing difficulties. So I believe at some point in my head uh, or some part of me believes that this is how it's always going to be. And so I move into the space of um, surviving Right. Rather than thriving, rather than taking ownership, taking being empowered and, and making choices, I really sit back. I'm going to survive, wait this out. And then, you know, hopefully I'll be able to emerge at some point. And then I think, I mean, a lot of the clients that I've worked with and I've experienced in my own self is that that never happens until we say this is who I am. This is what I want. Different. We're just going to we're going to experience that treadmill. Yes. And it really, it makes me think about this idea that I work with a lot with, with people, um, whether I'm teaching a a group class or working with clients individually. And my throat is a little rough still. I just recovered from COVID myself um, just last week. So I'm still in the, in the husky sounding part of this. But um, the idea that a couple of things is one um, sovereignty, right? is that no matter what's happening, all these things that we can't control, like the things that cause us suffering um, here and now are usually related to like our regrets about the past or our projections into this mythical future that's not even here yet. And that we don't really know how to live in the present moment fully, which is just sort of like a life problem. And then you complicate that with the level of uncertainty that we have with COVID and you know, wars and politics and all these things that no matter what's going on, the one thing that we really have control over is what are the thoughts that we're thinking? What are the things we're believing? And asking ourselves, how do we want to feel? Who do we want to be? Who is it that we're, you know, even becoming as we step into this? And that we we do have the capacity, no matter what is going on, to get a, a handle on the moment through investigating what's true for us in a moment by moment way um, with our thoughts and with our emotions so that we can encounter the moment differently. You know, I, I love so much like Sylvia Borstein. She's a, a beautiful, wise uh, meditation teacher. She's, she self identifies in all of her bios as I'm a mother, grandmother, um, psychotherapist, you know, Buddhist teacher. So, and, you know, Jewish woman, um, and I love that she puts the family things and the kind of the heart-based things first, 
But she talks a lot about how when she was first meditating and learning that she had all these very lofty ideas about enlightenment and she thought, all these troubles, I'm just going to kind of transcend them somehow. Um, but of course, that's not how it is. What happens is as we, we mature and we go through our life, she's like, now my, my goals are much more humble and I really resonate so much with this. She's like, I'm interested in kindness, it's just like a humble, small word. But can I be kind to myself in the moment? Can we be kind to each other? Can I even like sort of fake it till you make it? You might not feel compassionate or loving towards someone who's like, you know, there's been so much struggle around vaccines and masks or no masks or vaccine and no vaccine and all these things. Just like I can, I can do it as an act of kindness and the act of doing it kind of leads us towards feeling that more. And I, I feel like that's kind of a lovely thing to hold on to in this moment of like, what can I do? I can, I can treat myself with kindness. I can greet my emotions and my struggles and be like, of course it's difficult. You know, like she says, like, sweetheart, you're, you're in pain. Let's take a breath, have a moment and reflect, and then let's figure out what to do. And I think that's so simple and, and accessible and beautiful for the time that we're in right now. I agree. You know, when you, you talk about the um, living in the now, right? Not regarding the past, not anticipating uh, an unknown future, but we're living in the now. And, and I would say it was decades really, of hearing, you got to be present, you got to be in the now. And I literally had no idea what that meant. What does that mean to you now? Oh, I love this question. Um, Yeah, I think I didn't even know when I first started teaching fully, you know, um, I first started teaching in 2008. And the ideas I had um, about meditation and what that means. I think, you know, what's coming to mind now, I always answer this question slightly differently. But what's coming to mind right now is I think about Mary Oliver, um, and her, she had this beautiful line that attention is the beginning of devotion. And I think that really kind of sums it up that when we pay attention and we're just present, like here, you and I are talking and I don't have my, you know, devices on, I have them on silent. I'm just paying attention to what you're saying and observing you. And I think it's, it's that same kind of idea of presence that we can bring into all the, you know, aspects of our, of our daily life when we're at work doing something, just being there for that, you know, um, very often in the morning, maybe if you're a morning shower, you know, bath person, you might find yourself in the shower, getting ready to go to work, whatever that work is. And you're in the shower and there's like 20 or 30 people in the shower there with you because you're already thinking about this meeting that's coming. Maybe it's today, maybe it's a month from now, but it's got some stress and you're in there and you could be, you know, like, wholly involved with this mythical meeting that hasn't happened and who's going to say what and what you'll say and all of this kind of planning and trying to control things and manage things, um, which all it's doing is it's kind of contracting and causing you stress and you're missing completely being present for, for the shower where you could have, I mean, it's the beauty of like all these products we can get that smell wonderful, that are made with natural things. You could be like, in the shower and smelling like the rose smell of your cream or something or your shampoo and just being completely present for that. So you turn your ordinary shower into kind of a spa experience where when you notice your mind thinking, you're just like, Oh, and you just notice it. Of course I'm thinking. And then you just like allow it to come back and be like, Oh, let me just feel the warm water and the soap and that kind of stuff where it's very, very simple, ordinary, humble activities is a beautiful way to enter into this idea of presence. Um, it doesn't, it's not something lofty or unattainable, um, or even ideas of like compassion and loving kindness, like that can be hard, but just like this very present, like, what can I do? How do I want to feel right now? You know, and when we, when we come from that kindness and presence, we, we don't complicate our minds, right? We're keeping things simple. So I think of it that way. It's just like just being here, attending to what's happening in my own body, feeling those sensations. What information is my body giving me? Do I feel tense? Is my heart beating? Is my breath changing? Because whatever's going on in here, it's going to manifest in the body. We'll feel that somehow. So being able to like slow down, pay attention, feel it, um, then be like, oh, I'm actually really stressed. Okay, what is, what's going on? And then you can you know, have tools to take it from there. But think of it that way, just like presence, kindness, smell the roses. <laughs> Yes, right, and and just taking that moment to in, to enjoy all of those sensory experiences, um, regardless of, of where you are, um, that that has become my 
understanding of presence as well. You know, when I'm washing dishes, can I, can I appreciate the, the feel of the water and the warmth and, and, you know, um, the smells like, again, all of those sensory experiences, because I think when we are not being present again, we're in our head because that to me, that's the, the two options. And, and maybe, you know, of a third, but to me, we're either present where we are or we're in our head, either in the past or in the future. And, and I was excellent uh, with the overthinking. Like uh, if there was an Olympics for overthinking, I think I would have been one of the, the finalists, right? Because, you know, when you were describing that shower experience of, you know, the meeting that's coming up and the 20 people that are going to be there and what are they going to say? And what am I going to say? And what, what, what's that response going to be? literally playing all of that out repeatedly because not only in the shower, but then while I'm getting ready and then when I'm between now and, and driving there. And, and so what it, in those moments, what, what I was doing was really giving away my entire experience to the story that I was creating in my head, which probably wasn't true to begin with, but it's a great exercise, right? Our brain loves to mull over things like this. Yeah. And I, I think it's, um, it's like this idea of like, we each have a certain way that we tend to respond. Some of us are worriers. Some of us, maybe when we're challenged, we have anger or we have overthinking. Um, and that we do, we do, we give our moments away and what actually works so much better, right? Because we have all of these stories we have this part of the brain, like this medial network that all it does is like spin stories constantly. But when we can notice that happening and just be like, what if I just enter this like, kind of idea of like a beginner's mind or like, what if we just sit in that? I don't know, you know, because it's like all these thoughts that we're having, you know, going back to the example of the shower, you're in there and you're thinking about like, what is Steve going to say? And what is Anne going to say? And what is that one? And she's always, and he's never, and all this stuff that's really judgmental and may not be true at all. Um, it's just stories that we've kicked up about all these people and they have their stories about us. But when we can enter any kind of interaction with just like, I don't know, let me just see what is true. You know, that's what we learn from a meditation, you know, formal, you know, sitting uh, Vipassana or walking meditation practices. Like we're just observing what's true right here now on a moment by moment basis. Oh, right now I'm breathing short. I'm breathing long. Right now my mind is wandering. Right now I have to sneeze. You know, it's just so basic, but it, it pulls us back into the moment really, really gently so that we can just be like, oh, let me see what Mary's going to say today. And who knows, right? And if we can stay open, which is also very kind, um, then, and we can stay listening kind of to our intuition. And I think so many, you know, entrepreneurs, especially in that kind of the solo conscious entrepreneur space, so many of us are very highly sensitive people. We are um, empathic, and so very often we don't fit super well in some of the the prefab kind of boxes that are out there for a lot of company and organizational spaces. We have our own ways of doing things, and I think these are practices that can really nurture us. This like this simple thing of like, how am I present with myself and with you, and you know, on and on through the day, can just be entirely game changing, paired with this idea that we can, even when the world is seemingly throwing all this um, anxious making stuff at us, like COVID and wars and fires and like climate and all these things, you could just exhaust yourself and be like, oh my God, there's nothing I can do. Or you can learn how to um, place your attention where you want, when you want, so that you, like, again, coming back to sovereignty, right? You can really control that some and realize here's what I can do and here's what I can impact and change. And here's the things about which there's nothing I can do. And so let me take care of what I can actually reach. And that ripple effect is coming out from each of us. So we can make a really big impact just by working within kind of a smaller area sometimes. That is a great reminder, you know, especially when you mention all of these big social issues that we're facing right now, um, it's easy for us to feel like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. This is too big for me to to have any personal impact. Even if I went to, you know, attended any of the rallies or, you know, I participated, that that just, it seems like um, a drop in the bucket. 
But I guess what I come back to is while I may not have direct influence over those outcomes, I do have direct influence over me, over how I'm showing up every day and how I'm interacting with other people every day. Because I really believe that the way you and I are, are interacting here um, has a ripple effect. Now, this is going to have a larger ripple effect because we're sharing it across platforms, right? But even if you and I were just having this conversation personally, um, I think we're both coming away from it with higher energy so that the next person that we encounter, we're going to encounter from that space of higher energy and and invite them into that space with us. And that, and again, then us taking responsibility, if we meet someone along our day whose energy is lower than us, how, how do I avoid moving into that space with them and maintain my own level of, of sovereignty? Is that the right way to use that? Yeah, I think so. I think that's really true. And, you know, and there's sometimes there's very ordinary little things that we experience where we can, uh, we have a choice. It's like, um, you know, we can um, redirect ourselves like the way a, like a GPS in your car will be like, oh, you know, it doesn't yell at us and go, you made a mistake. Go back. It's just like recalculating. Um, let's, let's re-navigate this. And so that, you know, um, you know, maybe we're, we're having, we're out, we're out and about doing something and, um, you know, you've got like just a couple of items at the grocery line and someone zips in front of you with a full cart and you're just like, Oh, so we, at that point can allow ourselves to be hijacked and be like, this guy is a schmuck. And Oh my gosh. Yeah. Or you can right. just be like, like what's so, Really, because we catch ourselves like this default of ourselves at the center, um, but we can just notice, we can practice like, oh, look, I'm irritated. What am I afraid of? Right. Because under anger, there's always that little bit of fear. It's like, what am I afraid of? I'm afraid I won't get to dinner on time or whatever it is. And you could just be like, and we start making stories of like, this guy's a jerk and blah, blah, blah. But we maybe, and we don't know, and we don't even need to know, we can just be like, oh, it's easier to be kind to ourselves rather than uh, complicating our minds. We could just be like, oh, maybe he's, maybe he's really in a rush. Maybe his, his partner's in the hospital or the children, you know, like something's really pressing. We can just like wish them well, you know, they want the same happiness I do. And then my time in the grocery store line is much more pleasant and I don't get, you know, and we're not inflaming each other with our righteous indignation. And I think the other part that you mentioned that I really like is like you refer to like, um, you know, protests and these kinds of things are out there taking social action. And sometimes um, it's really good to go and be a part of that. But other times it might not feel aligned. And some and I think social media kind of pressures us to feel like we have to be at, on top of everything and all the time and go to all the stuff and like the sort of slacktivism of let me just like thumbs up this or something. But that we, I think, and we talked about this last time, I think, too, of like curating our own minds and, well, figuring out what am I going to allow and not, that it's okay to turn things off and not pay attention to every single thing that's on fire in the world because it's too much for any one of us to all hold and realize there are people out there who it's their gift and zone of genius for them to be doing those things on frontline. And what is it that is, you know, for each person, like, what's your superpower? What is the skill that you really bring to this so that um, you're serving from your strength rather than just running around, like throwing a little bit of water on 20,000 fires? Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that. Serving from your, your position of strength. Yeah. Like, what are your real gifts, right? And then let me bring, how do I bring that into the world in a way that's most impactful? Yeah. Well, and I think even to ask ourselves that question, what are my real gifts? How do I bring them them out? We've got to tune, uh, tone down at least um, these messages are, that we're getting from the outside, right? Because there's so much from the outside that the the woods and the shoulds and the musts and the mustn'ts, the, this is what you should be doing or how you should, you know. Um, we've got to be able to tune that or at least tone it down. I would say tune it out, but at least tune it down so that we can get to our own selves. Who am I? Who do I want to be? Because I think one of the things that keeps us from really um, getting into this, this space of presence is we're a little afraid of what we're going to find. Right. And not that, not that I may not like myself, although that's possible too. But I think what we're really afraid of is um, those emotions that we've kind of, we know we've boxed them up. We've put them in a little box. We've put it in a key. We've put it on a really dark shelf way, way, way in the back. And I think we're afraid that that's going to creep up. And we're not going to know what to do with that. 
Yeah. And, and I think that's a real, I think that's a great point. I'm so glad you brought it up because it's, you know, one of the, the great, um, Vipassana meditation, uh, masters of kind of all time who brought, um, Vipassana practice and this kind of insight meditation practice. Um, it was started in India and then kind of dissipated. And then he was in Burma and then there was this kind of, um, I forget the exact details, but there was sort of like a legend that someone would come along to restore, you know, this practice in India. And it this Goenka is his last name. And um, he passed away a few years ago now. But he says, you know, you we must face these things. We must go in, you know, Jungians might call it shadow. Therapists of you know, different stripes have their different names for things. But we have to really understand how our minds work and what our, our wounds are so that they don't um, overtake us. So we can become awake to what is true and be like, oh, that's why this happens. Um, and even just being aware in a very gentle way that maybe, and again, like Sylvia, she talks about it as like each of us have sort of a glitch that's like, here's our way when challenged, like, oh, when in doubt, worry, um, or when in doubt, get, get cranky and angry. But when we can really open that up and look at it in a mindful, gentle way and see where things come, we can begin to dismantle some of the things so that we can develop a way of responding rather than just reacting. It's like that, um, that little bit of space of observing, oh, here's what's going on, knowing that whatever is rising doesn't define us. It's not all of us. In the same way you talked about like wanting uh, closure on something, whatever we're experiencing right now, it is not going to go on forever. It's going to shift and change. And just the act of sitting there and observing, oh, here's anger arising or here's a pain in my leg when I'm sitting in meditation or I'm doing yoga or whatever it is. And it's like, oh, and then we, the mind can kind of freak out and be like, maybe I'm not getting enough circulation in my leg and I have to move. Or um, Joseph Goldstein talks about being in Burma, studying meditation and being afraid to confess to the monks that he was studying with, that he was having this fantasy that he was losing the circulation in his legs and he was probably going to have to be like amputated. And he's like, I'm going to go back. I'll be a double MPT, you know, just cause you're, there's a mind just runs and it catastrophizes and just be able to go like, Whoa. And when he finally was like, this is what's happening. They're like, oh, of course, everyone goes through this. It's going to be okay. Um, but that when we can see it play out, realize that, you know, whatever's going on doesn't last. And that as we become familiar with how our mind works, we come to know ourselves much more clearly and we can work with it skillfully and that we can see these glitches without judgment. You know, we can say, Oh, I'm tend to be anxious and catastrophic in my thinking. I also, um, you know, have blonde hair and blue eyes. Those are kind of neutral. I don't have to, you know, regard those as a flaw in some way. And I think that sometimes we, we do think about the ways our mind, our minds can work in, in ways that feel difficult as if there's some sort of moral or ethical flaw, but they're not. They're just like these default things, but that we can work with them more skillfully. Yes. And I think that that's one thing I want the listener to really come away from this conversation with is that whatever you're experiencing now isn't going to last forever. And I think the most graceful way through it is to, to really have that courage to look at what is the story that I'm telling myself about myself, about what's happening, about this whole scenario. Because I, the other thing I want them to hear is that those stories that aren't working for us can be changed. We're not stuck with, uh, oh, I'm a worrier. I come from a long line of worriers. I mean, I hear this a lot. And I also know, because I've, I've experienced myself, I've helped others through it. You can let that go. That doesn't have to be who you are moving forward. You talk about, you know, breaking the the cycle. This is what it means to to break that cycle is to um, have the compassion, the curiosity to look at your own mind, look at your own stories. And I think when we look at ourselves enough, we have that courage and we do this we have to develop compassion with ourselves because more and more stuff is going to come up. So either we're going to really get disgusted with ourselves, which is going to go down a different way, or we're really going to, to open up, embrace that part of ourselves, be compassionate with. And again, that's how we then deal with others. I, when I was not in this space and I'm not perfect now, so, you know, I can still get, uh, 
rowdy if I if, uh, on occasion. But by large, I'm I am much more compassionate with myself and with others than I've ever been in my entire life. And I think that is you know, that's the mark that I want to leave on people. I want people to know that, well, you know, if shit's going down, I want to call Mary. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Because um, that she's going to bring that energy and she probably won't even tell me anything. She probably doesn't even know anything about what I'm doing, but she can create that space for me where I can figure it out for myself. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so, it's so beautiful. And what a great space to be in, you know, like in our evolution as human beings to finally be in a place of like, oh, here's what I really care about the most. And here I've been able to enter a space where I am making life much more pleasant for myself and those around me because I'm really coming at things just more gently, you know, and just normalizing, um, I, you know, just that being a human being is hard. Yes. You know? No manual. Like you said, there's no instructions for getting through this, even without the global pandemic. Human existence is such an interesting puzzle because none of us um, instantly know like who we are kind of on the inside. It takes time to kind of go internally and do the inner work to figure out what sort of person do you even want to be. One of the beautiful things that came out of, um, you know, September 11th was when the New York times was publishing all these um, obituaries of, and they were like profiles of all these people but it led to this idea of people as an exercise writing their own obituary as a way of like, how do I want to be thought of when I'm gone? What is the legacy that I'm leaving? And I'm not in a gloomy, miserable way, you know. Um, but the fact is, like, life is impermanent. Everything will come to a conclusion, even our own lives and the lives of those we hold most dear. And to think about, like, how do I want it to go? And what is the, what is the trace that I want to leave? behind. And I don't think anyone ever, um, you know, mostly says, I'm going to, I want to be that meanest, baddest person. You know, I want everyone to revile me. We want to be um, held in a certain kind of a way. And I think when we think about who we, who we want to be, that kind of future self work, it's like, who, how do I want to be remembered? What do I want to leave? What's the legacy? Then we can reverse engineer our lives in a way so that we can make that much more possible. And we can see what am I doing that's supporting of that? And what am I doing that's really uh, antagonistic or not supportive of that and being able to make some changes of like, oh, well, I don't want to, I don't want to live that way. I want to live like this. And then just in very simple actions, being able to take small steps to build the life that we really want. Yeah. So uh, Hillary, I love these conversations with you. I, there's just so much. I, I feel like I learn from you and, and, and you fill in the gaps of my own um, frameworks. Um, and so what I'd like to do is shift to just talking about these things to how do you help? How can we, because we're going we're gonna to talk about something we're going to do together. How do we help um, the listeners um, make the shift? From life is happening to me, all these horrible things. It's been very, very difficult. How do we help them find them and emerge as that person that they really want to be? Yeah, I love this. Um, it's really the, the heart of what brought us, you and I, together to, to do things. This idea that, um, you know, we all are facing different kinds of problems or challenges, whether it's like, you know, around COVID or other things that are just happening in the world with us. And that you and I each offer um, different tools and supports to help people navigate that and be able to make changes. So, um, you know, one of the things that I offer that um, I would love if, if this resonates with, with somebody is primarily on, on the sort of day to day. I have a couple of things going on um, and I work with people individually doing, um, and I'm still searching for the right term. So for everyone out there hears this and has like a brainstorm, I'm so down for it because I'm, I'm not always in love with the word coach. I've had, um, some of my clients, they say, oh, you're kind of like a spiritual guide, but very practical. But in any event, right. I work with people individually and I love doing that. And so if somebody wants some guidance on how your mind is working and some support, to be able to help you be more in control of your, of your mind and the things you're thinking, the things you're feeling. Um, I work with a lot of people with like anxiety and, um, you know, like panic, you know, issues and so forth in support of therapists and so forth. Um, 
So that's an option. But just so many people who work with me often encounter me through um, a group class. And so I have a, a course coming up in June that's starting on Tuesday, June the 7th where it's an eight week course you can sign up for it's I'm calling it a, a summer meditation party because meditation workshops sound so, you know, maybe yes. not. So um, and I think that one thing I've learned since I've been teaching meditation since 2008 is that I take my own self way too seriously all the time. I'm inclined. My glitch is I I'm a worrier, overthinker. Um, always trying to like manage like what people think, um, which is a just complete disaster. So I didn't have these practices that I'd be a complete wreck. Um, but that's a class that you can participate in from wherever in the world you are. So I'm hosting it in person in Pilsen in Chicago, where I live and work. But I'm also opening um, opening it up to virtual attendance so people can attend wherever they are. It, you just have to make your time zone work. But it's going to be 6 to 7.30 every Tuesday for eight weeks starting in June. So if you're interested in that, it's going to be a really great um, introduction if you've never done any kind of meditation before or you thought you had to believe things or belong to a religion uh, none of that is true it's really just very practical earthy and kind of light-hearted um, approach to it that will give you the attentional tools you know foundational mindfulness tools so that you can apply this to how do I make my relationships better how do I make my um, work situation better so very very pragmatic always, you know, looking at the skills, having extended practice, and then unpacking what questions arise and how do I apply this to my everyday life. Um, that's the kind of the, the first thing. Um, and then I can talk about the waters we swim in. And I think you can see behind me a little bit some of these pictures. So I work with people in the water in a ritual fashion where we have some conversations before we meet in person, but that the main thing is we get together on a day and I guide people through a meditative experience so that you can do some of this healing. It's really about getting in touch with what's good in you because sometimes when we're lost in fear or anger or other kinds of you know, negative emotions, we can kind of lose track of ourselves. And I think it's so important to be able to connect to that fundamental inner goodness through some good questions being asked and having a conversation so that you can figure out well, here's this thing that I'm doing that's really not serving me. I really want to let that go. And then I'll have all this space inside. So what do I want to call in so that I can emerge from this ritual in the water, this immersion in water? You don't have to know how to swim or float. I can teach you. You don't have to be able to do any of those things. Um, but to go into the water as a, as a moment of cleansing and releasing and inviting in, like really reconceiving yourself in the most expansive way possible because Whoever you are, you have gifts to offer, and the world needs them. And if there's something holding you back, then if you're really ready, I would say this ritual is for someone who's really tried a lot of things. They're really determined to make change. They're probably a space holder for others. And they're just like, you're feeling like, I'm so done with this. Um, I think of Susie Petit's story of like, she was like screaming at God, like, I'm just so done with this. And if you're in that place, this is a really um, powerful, powerful ritual to go through. And then you have um, a picture at the end that reminds you, you have this beautiful print on your wall that you can look at every day and be like, that's, that's who I am. That's that vibration of like, I'm open, I'm alive to possibility. I want to be expansive every day and help others be expansive too. So I think that's the secret sauce of it is that when we, when you get a chance to heal and kindle your, your gifts that will help you, but also then you're going to lift everyone else around you at the same time too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I'm really excited um, about the meditation uh, practice. I will be joining you. I'm going to do it virtually. Awesome. Um, oh, you know, I know we're both in the city, but um, it's just travel time, right? This is a way that I can use my time most. And I'd love to be a part of those kinds of experiences where, um, you know, I can, you know, I can sit here and meditate myself, but when we can do it within a group, to me, there's that collective uh, energy uh, benefit of doing that together. And I love, I love your descriptions of the, um, the waters that you, that we swim in and, and the, the transformations that you help facilitate through that. And you have some workshops coming up. Yes. So I'll, I guess I'll talk about the one in England first, because then you and I are going to do one together. And I am excited for us to talk about that. 
but um, I'm partnering with a beautiful artist, um, who's a watercolor painter primarily, and she works in other media, but mostly in watercolors. Um, her name is Katie Solahub, and she's on Instagram that way, just Katie Solahub. And I guess we can put in the like show notes um, the spelling and so forth. Yes, her her handle will be in the show notes. Yeah, great. That'd be great. And she and I met actually through Instagram. Um, we'd seen each other's artwork somehow. The mat, the algorithm worked in our favor, which was so beautiful. I was like, thank you, Instagram. And we got t- talking and discovered that her work as a painter as and an artist was very much about holding space for others and helping them heal using watercolors and movement and mark making. And that I had this um, meditation piece that I was bringing my, my photography practice um, and also some visual you know, mark making and movement. And so we're like, oh my gosh, we have these complementary skills. We have this beautiful partnership of two artists with complementary talents and both a real powerful desire to hold space. And I think that our, our ideal person um, for the work that we're going to do together, it's going to happen um, starting, what did I say? It's August um, 5th. Sixth and seventh, I think. Right. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Friday, Saturday, um, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yes. Perfect. That's exactly right. Um, and we're going to be in Cookmere, um, England, which is in the south, on the chalk cliffs, um, overlooking an area that's very famous called the Seven Sisters. It's it's something people have probably seen in postcards and in paintings. Um, it's a beautiful retreat area that where there's these Coast Guard cottages. Everything is off grid. Um, and so it's not super, it's not something that's just accessible, but it is astonishingly beautiful. The kind of place where if you're just really soul weary and tired, and maybe you like, you're someone who holds space for others, you're an artist, or you're just like human being who's like, I'm sensitive and I'm just exhausted from all the things. We're going to create a beautiful weekend for you um, in this place where it's going to be all like delicious, nutritious, uh, like vegan food that's going to be prepared. The pottery we even have to eat on is all being handmade by um, one of the gentlemen who runs the facility. It's just going to be amazing. Um, and so we have, I think our maximum is just 12 people because we want to keep it really, really intimate. So if anyone is interested in that, um, we'll be able to have links for that. That you've, And if you have questions about any of it, you can also contact me through my website, my email, and just let me know. But check out um, Katie Solhub's work. She's just beautiful. She does all kinds of teaching and she's got some classes she does online as well that you can participate in before to get a taste of what her work is like. But I'm so excited for this because it's just like a dream location where everyone can go offline, leave your devices, turn it off and give yourself that gift of self-care and and know that it's not selfish. It's really necessary. Um, We're calling it um, something like, you know, living on the edge and it's all um, how do you navigate this really difficult time? And so that you'll leave with tools to help you get through whatever is coming next for you and things that you can really integrate very easily into your everyday life. So that's so exciting. It's going to be gorgeous. So tell me a little bit about how the how this conversation went from I, I appreciate your work and, and what you do to this collaboration. Oh, yeah. It was so fun. Um, we just we were commenting back and forth. And then I was looking at her. Like really, I took some time. I mean, I think that that's one of the beauties of of social media when it works is that it really can be an opportunity to build community. And that's how I like to engage with social media. And that's how I kind of curate my own experience of it. I don't just like scroll endlessly. But when I saw what she was posting and her artwork that I thought was just lovely, I felt like a, a, like a whole body like, yes, like you need to dig into this more. And so I reached out to her after I looked through her website and I saw what she was doing and I was like, Hey, you know, um, we've been following each other. Why don't we, why don't we make time to talk actually? Like let's do a zoom because I feel like there's some potential here for us to make something. Um, I'm just so compelled by the fact that like we're both open water swimmers. We have this mindfulness thing and the art, like it was just like, I don't know, like fireflies or something like you realize like there's a signal that, that makes sense to me. And I've wanted to have my work, um, spread, you know, with the waters we swim, it's a global project. My idea is to get to every continent, you know, in every country that the world has. Um, so I was like, Oh, this would be a great start. And my, I have family origins from that part of the world. So I just reached out to her and she was like, 
sure, why not? You know, so <laughs> I was like, this is great. So I was like, I'll send you a link. And we just got on a call and we must have talked for about two hours um, on a Zoom and just we're like, oh my gosh, I love what you're doing. Oh, I love what you're doing. What about this? And it was all that. It was very similar to what you and I had experienced where it was like, and I said, well, why don't we try to create something? And she was like, yeah, I think that would be really cool. So we just went off and said, well, let's meet again in like two weeks or whatever it was. Let's think about what that could be. And we just started communicating about it. And then we got together and said, huh, well, what would you like, you know, how could we work together? And just, we built it from there. It's like, saw how, what we each offered was really complimentary and to really focus in our collaboration on each of us bringing what is in our zone of genius and then really making the mindset work um, internally. It's like, of course, this is going to happen. We're going to create this beautiful experience and it's going to be amazing. And and everything has just been opening up, even the fact that the people who run the the house and the cottages where we're going to be, they're like, of course you can come and do this. Of course, it's going to be beautiful. And of, you know, of course we have handmade pottery for you and, and on and on. And so um, it was just like, talk about manifesting. It's like, it really was a case of setting in our minds, like, we're going to do this. It's going to be amazing. And then I said to her, like, too, like, I want to do the waters we swim in there. This is the perfect location. She's like, oh, this is so great. So we just, we just took it off. And we're like, okay, just the fact that we're surround, you know, we're, we're separated rather by this distance. It didn't have to be, uh, like, we, we trusted our intuition, too, like each of us of like, this felt really good. And when we talked, it, it felt like, oh my gosh, we've been friends for years and we just have lost track of each other. So it's just beautiful. I really, I just love her work. And we're each going to spend some of the time this summer because we've not been in the same physical space together yet to um, attend each other's workshops and classes and things like that. And we, and we talk every couple of weeks as we're planning. Um, so it's, just, it's really amazing it's when, when social media worked for good. Yes, right. And I love stories about how big dreams get started. Um, you know, Netflix seems to be putting out a lot of stories right now about musicians and kind of how they got started. And and so I've really been tuning into that with my uh, collaborations and networking that I do, and really asking about what was the beginning of that and and how did you know? And um, because I think there's little you know hints for all of us. Um, about how if this is a, an outcome, and even if it's this isn't the particular outcome I want, here's someone who has pursued an outcome, right? Made something up out of nothing. We're making something up out of nothing, and to me that fascinates me. It just absolutely fascinates me. It's so it's, I love it too, and it because it's you know, and going back to what we talked about earlier of like wanting to know and have an answer, um, and wanting certainty, and the fact is like we're always chasing that and it's, it can be so, um, detrimental. But when we, when we say things to ourselves, like, here's what I'm available for. And I know that I like working alone a lot. I'm an introvert. I'm like really sensitive, empathic. And it's like, I need a break, but I love doing collaborations with the right people. And so I, it's part of my daily kind of mindset like mantra practice of affirmation or whatever is like that I am available for great collaborations with other like-minded people where we can raise each other's vibrations and help others at the same time. And that's really what I came into those conversations with. And I think she did as well. And it's just so cool to be like, well, we don't know. This is great. We could make it up, you know? And so we can make it be whatever we want. And again, it's that sovereignty piece. It's like, what do I want my life to be like? You know, and that just seems so audacious, you know, and I know there was a time for me, I was like, that's lunacy, you know, but it's like, no, but I want to travel internationally. I want to bring these, I want to do the work that I do wherever people want it and wherever it's being called forth and just continually, you know, being open to see like, well, what if, why not? Right. Let's try. Exactly. Everything will happen. You'll find out what doesn't work and you're like, okay, now I know that. Let me try it this way. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you for, for indulging me and in, in telling that story. Was there anything else about the uh, Cook Mirror uh, event that you haven't mentioned already? Again, there will be links um, in the description. Yeah. Um, 
I think just to, to kind of recap it really, it's just that, you know, like I said, we're calling it Living on the Edge Between Heartbreak and Beauty, an expressive arts retreat for navigating difficult times. And um, it's really a weekend of connecting and communing with beauty. Um, as you know, for me, that's a hugely important uh, thing and big part of what I'm doing in my life. And just holding space for all your emotions, um, whether they're comfortable or uncomfortable, giving you room for the experience of grief and loss so that you can have that kind of healing transformation. Um, so it'll be really, really like a safe and a brave space uh, at once so that everything is kind of on the table for um, what you can accomplish. So I think that's it. And if that is interesting to you at all, we're pricing it really quite reasonably to, we want it to be really accessible. So um, yeah, def- I would say just like if that's resonating and you think, Hmm, I can give myself a weekend in this beautiful place. Um, flights aren't that expensive right now. So even, to, you know, treating yourself to like fly over just could be so beautiful and such a gorgeous reset. So I invite you to don't say um, if you get the how mind, it's like, how will I happen? How will you I do that? It's just we don't worry about the how, like the how will come. You'll figure it out. But if you make your mind up like that's what I want to do, then you'll find a way to make it happen. Find a way. Yes. Yes. So true. Yes, it is. It is. All right. So let's segue then into, so if you can't get to to England uh, in August, um, Hillary and I, um, when she, when she was telling me about this, we had also kind of the last time when we did our podcast the least the way that I remember it is like the door was open. Let's, you know, if we, if there's something that we can do together, let's, let's come together and and play it out and see what happens. So uh, we have done that. And um, we've also booked a a weekend retreat in September, uh, the 23rd, 24th and 25th in um, at the DeCoven center in Racine, Wisconsin. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's right on Lake Michigan. It's a beautiful, beautiful location. Also, I think that must be a rule for me. It's like only hold retreats in places that are very beautiful, um, natural spaces. And it's the, the setting is quite lovely. The, the main buildings have a very interesting history and, um, we'll be able to have anyone who attends with us, will be able to have a, a tour led by folks from the Jacobin center to give some of the history. It's just beautiful. It was a, it was a, a monastery at some point. It was a military academy. It's been all kinds of different places um, and spaces for, you know, having different kinds of transformative work. I think that's kind of interesting thread that's all the way through it. Um, and now they have this beautiful center and all the meals are there. And it's just kind of simple. Um, not It's not like a five-star hotel or anything like that, but it's simple and cozy and comfortable and just a lovely place to come um, and I think you and I have been talking about like how this is um, an experience that's happening kind of on that shoulder season between um, as summer has come to an end, now we're fall and we're starting to look ahead into winter. And again, one of these experiences for, you know, someone who maybe is holding space for others as a solo um, consciouspreneur, you know, sort of person that maybe, you know, you're doing that work because you're also very sensitive, you're empathic, you don't feel like you quite fit. And so maybe you're wanting to make the leap out, you know, of the, the box you've been living in professionally or, or emotionally or some other way, or maybe you've already done that. And you're just like, oh my gosh, so often, right. We, you and I both know, Mary, it's like, you don't always take such good care of yourself. That's right. Um, sure. And so it, it's a time to really, um, come to work with us to get into a space where you can really reset and prepare yourself for what is coming and really leaving with tools that you can integrate quite easily into your own life, you know, both personally and professionally as, a, as someone who's in that consciouspreneurial space. Absolutely. You know, and, and Hillary, one of the things that I really appreciate about collaborating with you is, is that you really bring that, that creative artist side. Um, if I were to describe myself, like I would pretty, well, let, let me put it this way. If I were writing, I would probably be writing for some sort of a journal, right? It's very technical kind of language. And, and um, so you, what, what I gain from being with you is being, you, you model for me how I can let that go and just really um, step into my creativity. You know, that, that, 
that institutional mind of mine says, no, these are the rules and this is how it has to be. And that creative, that there is that creative side in me that says, gosh, you know, I'd really love to just play with this. And you give me the space and the permission to play. And I'm so excited to be putting this workshop on with you because I think we have a good combination then of the routines and and structure versus the creativity and expression. Um, So I think we're going to be able to really tune in with a lot of different kind of people. Yes. I'm, I'm excited too, because when you, you model other things for me, right? It's like that structure and the groundedness and the like, I'm so like the ideas and like the great oneness of things. And then Mary's like, okay, what is this going to look like? (laughs) And so I love, I love that. And I, you know, I think it's maybe some myth that artists um, have been, you know, fed certainly for some time of like the starving artist or, you know, um, kind of being this outsider, but this idea of working together as a way of to bring that softer element into kind of more mainstream spaces. Um, and, and that in both of our kind of spheres of genius, we're really both really interested in helping each person who works with us become who they really want to be, you know, and becoming like your in this favorite version of yourself. And that, that you, we can cultivate a personal relationship with ourselves and, you know, use that to get really aligned with like, what is it that I actually want? What do you actually want? You know, and this idea of like, if you could have it all your way being really expansive um, and coming at all this in a very grounded, embodied way. So like, how do I know in the body? Yes or no? Right. Um, That you can really create this beautiful life for yourself that has a great deal more balance. And I think that's, that's the beauty of, of working on this together because it's, it's very, it's also going to be very, very practical. Like, how do I do this as a solo, you know, entrepreneur who's interested in working very consciously, doing well and doing good at the same time? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there will be, again, um, links for registration, more information for this workshop that's in September. Again, that's the 23rd, 24th, and 25th of September um, at the DeCoven Center in Racine, Wisconsin. Um, food is, is going to be a part of that package, but again, all the details will be there. I I think what I want the listener to really, um, come away, uh, from this conversation with, again, going back to where we started is that the, the troubled times that we're living in, um, a, we're not, it's not always going to be troubled, but the other thing is there will always be troubles that come after it. Right. There's always something, right? It's the old Gilda Radner. It's always something. Uh-huh. And so what we want to do, again, most of us haven't been taught how to do this. We want to be those teachers that say, all right, here's how we can connect to ourselves, connect to the authentic, connect to this best version of ourselves so that we can bring that compassion. We can experience it personally and then share it with others and then bring our gifts into the world um, the way that we were designed to do. And this workshop that, that you and I are putting on together is really for that participant to to let go, to shed any all of those shoulds or woulds or rules, right? So that have been in the way of them experiencing themselves um, as they want to experience themselves. Yes. Absolutely. That's exact that's perfect. I love how you how you put that. And that it's it is really a weekend where you can step away. And if you're in the Midwest, you know, you're in the Chicago area. It's only like an hour and a half. If you're in Milwaukee, it's only like 45 minutes. It's really, really easy to get to. Um, so, you know, we're, and, and the, the fact that you have time to plan now, think, okay, this is all the way, way in September, just giving yourself the gift of that kindness before everything gets busy heading into holidays and those pressures that um, these are the things that you'll learn and, the, and just the experiences that you'll have of connecting inside will, will give you increased capacity for your own sovereignty that are really, really practical. And that's always it at the end of the day for me is all of the words can be very nice, but to be able to leave an experience be like, oh, I know how, like we'll, we're thinking about like, we're going to have people kind of working together in little support groups. So that as you leave, you will have, you know, tools ready to support you on your way out as you transition back into your life so that you'll have people to reconnect with and sort of keep all the momentum going, which I think is really important and lovely. 
Hillary, thank you so much for your willingness to collaborate with me and share your gifts with me. And, and um, uh, I know that you are make, you are definitely leaving your mark in the world. And, and it's just an honor to be um, in this space with you. I feel exactly the same way. I'm so excited to do this with you. And thank you for creating this podcast and all the, all the things that you're doing to bring your genius into the world. It's so necessary. And I'm really honored and thrilled to be doing this with you. So thank you so much for taking all this time to talk today, too. This has been so much fun. I always leave our conversations feeling kind of bubbly and full of energy. Exactly. I'm ready to do the next things. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. We're not just a podcast. We're a community. So before you go, we invite you to join the Consciouspreneur Mastermind community. We are a powerful movement of high-achieving, impact-focused entrepreneurs who are leading the charge, making the world a better place through business. We offer a comprehensive suite of tools, techniques, support, and direction, all rolled up into a community-driven, inspirational launch pad. We will nudge you out of your comfort zone and into your genius zone so that you can lead your business with clarity and focus. If you're looking for a community of like-minded and like-spirited people who support your personal development and business growth, well, you found the right place. Plus, we have a lot of fun. After all, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Remember, we're all in this together. Check out the link in the details in the description below and help our community grow by liking, subscribing, and sharing the content. We look forward to having you join us next week. Until then.